Hey, Craig from District here. You're about to listen to a live recording from District and Jameson's The Shed live at All Together Now Festival on the August Bank Holiday weekend. There is some swearing, there is some profanity. Visit drinkaware.ie for more information. Enjoy the show. Okay, you're all very, very welcome to the District Magazine and Jameson Shed. Hello. Can I get a woo? <laughs> nice. Um, this is the Sunday of the festival. Um, hello, everyone. Have a seat. Um, we're delighted to be do- uh, joined by Dan from uh, Cloudcastle Lake. Hey. Woo! Woo! More woos. Good. Um, you played at half two, was it? Yeah, yeah, half two on the something kind of wonderful stage. There's a few mouthful stage <laughs> names, isn't there, <laughs> to, to, to get your head around. Wh- wh- what stage are we DJing on? Uh, all my friends. Yeah, it just sounds like the B-sides of like every <laughs> decent album ever made. Um, how, was the set? how was the show? It was great. Um, I, I always like a, a big stage set because the monitor mix is, is really nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big part stage, of what, yeah. what Cloud Castle Lake is. Yeah, um, monitor mixes. <laughs> um, I suppose we'll get stuck in. I've known you, which uh, terrifyingly I was saying earlier on, um, I've known you for about nine years now, yeah. which seems inconceivable, <laughs> and you were Cloud Castle Lake then. Um, what prompted the, the record? Is, the record is out in the world now. What's, what's prompted it to happen in 2018? I mean, it was always, it was always kind of in the pipeline. We try we tried to do an album in 2012 ourselves, but we've always been pretty ambitious with uh, what we want to do, and uh, so we realized pretty early on in that process that it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't going to work without um, a bit more time and a bit more input from uh, other people and a bit more funding, I guess, as well. Um. You me- so you mentioned you mentioned funding for for an independent act mm. like how difficult is that to sort of to to tread uh, both obviously having a professional life and 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 the band stuff is was it a difficult process to actually be able to to map that out to say okay we need to do this this and this and then by the end of it we'll actually have a, a record well we we kind of just got lucky in the end uh and uh got signed by a really uh great label in san francisco called bright antenna uh, and they're a really small label, but they um, they invest a lot into their acts, and they really nurture uh, the they really nurture their their talent and put a lot of money into making the record that you want to make. And so <laughs> we got to do crazy stuff like get a choir and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and like loads of brass people for the album, which is what we wanted to do f- since I don't know. We How long was the journey to actually find the label that you were happy to to sit on? Um, well, I guess it was. Um, we did an EP with uh, our manager at the time, Max Russia, uh, and that went really great. But it was a small enough endeavor, and he uh, helped us find uh, them. It took about a year, I would say, to find the label that suited us. Does that does that um, process where you're where you're like? like what Craig said the business side of things does that um, have any negative impact on the creativity which is obviously the utmost importance when it comes to being an artist I mean you have to do a lot of emails yeah. <laughs> uh, are you good at admin uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know it's it's always kind of like uh, yeah do you want to handle this do you want to <laughs> take that and then you no one does <laughs> everyone kind of expects the other person to 
to be writing back and then nothing happens. <laughs> that, that's why it took nine years. Yeah, Is that why? Yeah, just so just one email that you need to send back. Yeah, idling mails. <laughs> <laughs> and you mentioned um, working with a, a label based in LA. We were speaking with Nile Nine on Friday night and he said um, there's not that many labels and certainly not enough A&R in, in Dublin or in Ireland in particular. Yeah. Do you feel that if there was that sort of that foundation in Ireland, an album perhaps could have came a good bit sooner? Uh, I mean... Yeah, I would say so. I mean, the only like there's the your kind of universals and uh, Sony's. They'll always send scouts, or even some of the big independent ones will keep an eye out in Ireland. But f- uh, we needed, I think, someone with just <laughs> a lot of money, but the independent ethos, and so uh, it w- we couldn't really find that here. And with the album actually, um, with, it, with it being out now, was it a cathartic experience to actually have it out in the world? Um, like we were speaking with Saint Sister, um, yeah. and so I can't remember who else, but they were basically saying that, you know, you almost think that it's never going to finally come out because yeah. you're working on it so long and you, yeah. you know, they're having dreams about it, you know, every waking moment in the lead up to it. Was it, when it was actually released, was it just an experience of, of total? Kind of. I mean, there's a mad delay with when you finish it and when it actually comes out so like we were waiting nearly like a year oh really because like we finished it in january 2017 and then it didn't come out and we got the masters i think in april 2017 and then it didn't come out till april 2018 so there's like this whole process that you have to do after it there's a kind of cathartic feeling when you're finished mixing and it's like down to the last seconds of the clock with your producer and it's done and then Get and hammered and, and then, then is, is it <laughs> <laughs> and then is it like um I've, I've always thought about this with bands where it's sent off there's nothing you can do it's going to come out that yeah. limbo period it's sort of like yeah. when you do you're leaving certain you're waiting for the results and you're like <laughs> oh god did i is that yeah. going to be is that what did you write for question two <laughs> <laughs> i'm not telling you <laughs> um no like that was the like is it is it the limbo kind of be kind of be sort of a, a strenuous period because you're sort of thinking oh listening back oh maybe I might have done that might have done that or are you happy enough to just say it's done it's finished um uh, both <laughs> like I think we knew the songs we knew the songs were pretty solid and we were happy with the way they were written but we were just tiny things like I was like I wish we didn't do that part to a click or it's like just tiny technical yeah. things really is the only regrets I would say. And there's a there's a vulnerability about having a the album out for people. Is that is that an experience you enjoy? Have it there for criticism, there for praise. Is that something that you actually enjoy experiencing? Um. Yeah. I I mean I I kind of I I always thought that I would prefer uh, the album process when we were younger and we were like I can't wait to do an album. I think we're really an album band. <laughs> but now I'm kind of the opposite. I I much prefer playing live and having that immediate reaction from a crowd and being able to kind of uh, react to that in real time. Um, I still really like the album process, it's just very different. I mean, you're kind of, you, you, you make something and you're like, I have no idea if this is good. <laughs> uh, we'll see in a few months. In terms of the album itself, um, just picking two songs, um, Bonfire and Genoflect are obviously two totally different sides of Irish spirituality. Um, right. I know you mentioned uh, in an interview before uh, that the, I don't know, it just said Cloud Castle, like it didn't say what name the person in the band was saying it, but it was like yeah. a Q&A. But <laughs> the like hive mind. Yeah, yeah. Could you give us um, just a little insight into the background of Bonfire? I thought the story was really interesting. Well, it was, um, uh, I was reading this thing uh, by Robert Graves, is his name, and uh, he was talking about 
uh, pagan Welsh and Irish uh, poets, uh, and they had they wrote stories uh, in pre-Christian times about it, in a they, it's nearly like a Rumpelstiltskin, a proto Rumpelstiltskin kind of story about warring Irish tribes would have to find out the secret name of the opposite's god. Uh, uh, it was just a, a really interesting thing about Irish history, I thought, and I, I wanted to write a story kind of around that, but how, uh, in a more 21st century way of people keeping secrets uh, from themselves. Spirituality and or the, even the story of like ethereal things is that something that you you get draw inspiration from? I don't know. I think I think a lot of uh, the lyrics come from uh, memories. Uh, I I always try to do funny like uh, social critiques or something like that, and then it's like ah oh, this is dumb and memories uh, and how they influence me now. Uh, are always the one that seems to have the most resonance. Uh, you, you also mentioned before that Malinger is the most you, the most Cloud Castle-like track that you, you've yeah. heard in a while. Why, why is that? No, that's probably uh, that's probably less to do with the lyrics, say. It's more just the sound. Okay. Uh, we, I mean, we're always trying to come up with our own original sound, and uh, we're always like, oh, that sounds a bit like so-and-so or whatever and with that one we were like I don't know if this sounds like anyone this yeah. is kind of this feels right this kind of feels like us that's what I was literally just about to ask you it's a good segue in because you, Craig said you've been together nine years as he said so have you found your sound besides Malinger have you do you think you've now with this record found your sound or is it a perpetual journey of like trying to find your sound yeah it is a perpetual thing like I mean as soon as we were kind of like well that's pretty cool that's that's very us we're like all right what will we try now yeah. <laughs> Uh, so we Let's did copy like, ourselves yeah. and do that song again. <laughs> so we did two new new songs today, say, and one is like a weird uh, funk song uh, that's not like a funk jam, nearly. <laughs> Forgive me. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other is uh, uh, like a classical guitar song. <laughs> so um, yeah, we w we don't like doing the same thing twice with okay, songs, cool. I guess. Yeah. Nine years ago, when you, when you started out, like I think you would have been eighteen or nineteen, maybe at the time. Yeah. Like, for the sound, for the music that you actually make, you were sort of wise beyond your years. I remember seeing you the first time. Yeah. We, we foolish, were foolish. Foolish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I remember, we had a lot of bands playing at, at nights that we were doing, and and at that stage, it was sort of the e the back end of that sort of indie era the block parties was the, yeah. the tail end of that every but band had a the at the start the, yeah exactly yeah. the pigeons exit the blah, blah, blah yeah i don't even think they are there it doesn't <laughs> matter bad, bad example but um <laughs> the like you, you stood out a mile away do you feel like you're almost like too young to be doing what you're actually doing do you feel like you needed to grow into the band uh yeah i think that's kind of what we've always that, that's been the process is to we had all this stuff we wanted to do and a sound we wanted to fill and we've been trying to figure it out since we were about 16, 17 nearly. Yeah. Vision-wise back then, um, did you have a goal nine years ago of what you wanted to achieve with the band? Um, I mean, we were very, I felt at the time we were like, so long as we think these are good songs, um, and it was very much for ourselves. Uh, now it's shifted a little bit, and I mean, my, understanding of music has changed a bit and it's a bit more communal and it's not as inward focusing 
Um, and so we, we kind of like to do less composed music now where we're trying to and kind of feed off crowds and feed off uh, you know our feelings in any given day uh, and inject some kind of uh, spontaneity into the music there's been sort of a common theme uh, amongst these conversations and I think we were speaking with Nile Line again on it, uh, and J- uh, Jay Colloran um, with DJs there's a big community group you see on Facebook you see is it, like there's these groups with, like Tune Drop and stuff like that where people can you know chat away that sort of stuff it, amongst hip hop you're mentioning Mango Matman Kojak like these are all mm-hmm. coming up together Um I was saying with, with Jack as well like do you feel do you have a community that you can sort of reach out and say hey check this out here's a pre-master uh, I'd love you to hear it do you have that in yeah, the same yeah. way in fact uh, with Jack because uh, we have a studio in Ranala um, and Davy Kyo is there and Brendan uh, from Cloudcast like plays with him all the time too and other Brendan drummer Brendan there's two uh, Brendans now there's two yeah, Brendans yeah. in the band yeah uh, uh, they both play with Davy a lot of the time and Jack uses the studio and Maria Somerville and uh, like there's a brass band who come and use it too and we're all yeah we're all good mates and Robbie Kidd actually comes around and we um, he's a lovely guy he's lovely a lovely guy lovely man yeah uh, and we do um, like it's kind of like our poker night like we'd come around and we'd just jam together <laughs> I think it was uh, Waze fellow was saying that as well he he because you're in that, like most of your friends end up being musicians. Yeah. And yeah. your downtime is either jamming or or discussing music. So yeah, yeah. Is that helpful to be in that uh, community? To do you learn things from a brass band that maybe you wouldn't, or like you know, uh, as as Jack Colloran described the uh, intro to his set yesterday, a uh, car starting for forty or for like seven minutes or something. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, his words. Well, I mean, Davy Kyo has pretty much always been our spirit animal, <laughs> and his uh, like having people just in the studio all the time. We can be like, "What do you think of this thing that we?" Uh, no, that's invaluable because you get so focused on like tiny things, and sometimes you need to have that outside perspective. Um, I think we're running out of time on this, but um, before we go, y- your next gig is another love story. Uh, we're playing Roshin Dove on the ninth. Oh, cool. Um, and then another love story, I think, is the one after that. And then you've got a run of Irish shows and then after. For some reason, we're doing a ton in Cork. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> we're doing like f- three in Cork. Um, one is a private one, but um, I hope we have fans in Cork. <laughs> it seems like you do. I don't know, terrible promoters, so yeah, <laughs> we'll yeah. soon find and out. <laughs> Anvil being big in Japan, it's the yeah. same thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's Dan from Cloudcast Lake. Thank you very much. Cheers. So that was a live recording from the District and Jameson's The Shed live all together now. Uh, keep an eye on District social media for more recordings and uploads and visit drinkaware.ie for more information. All the best.